Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life, mixed with levity and joy. Merry Christmas, Heather. Merry Christmas. We are on episode 38, the final episode of 2023. Can Can you believe 2023 is almost over? No. This year has just flown by. Yes, it has. And we are... A mere few days before Christmas, when this podcast comes out. Mm-hmm. So, Heather, what what is something that you have to do, or it just isn't Christmas? I don't think there really is something like that. I <laughs> I I do need to see my family. I can't not be with them. Thankfully, I haven't had a year where I haven't had to stay away from them. So, oh, that's good. But you know, the way life is, you never know when that will happen. But this is true. Yeah. What about you? I would say that, and this is a tradition I do from just by myself, because it's just me, is I always watch the movie Holiday Inn. Mm -hmm. And I do it after I know that everything, all the presents have been bought. I don't really buy, I have to buy that much. They're in their Christmas bags or boxes or whatever, Mm -hmm. and everything is done. And so when everything is done... For Christmas Day or Christmas, I watch Holiday Inn. Nice. tradition. It was my mom's favorite Christmas movie. It became my favorite Christmas movie. So I wouldn't say that that has to happen before it feels like Christmas. But if I go through, and I did go through a couple of Christmases in the past few years that I didn't watch Holiday Inn because I was out of it. But Mm -hmm. most Christmases, that is my tradition. So, our show today is going to be another installment of Movies You Miss. Yes, we haven't done one of these in a while. We haven't. So, Heather, why don't Mm -hmm. you tell us what movie we've chosen for today? And, spoiler alert, it's not Holiday Inn. It isn't, but it's very, very similar in a lot of ways. There's a lot of trivia related to this movie. But, surprise, probably to not a lot of people, is we've chosen White Christmas as our movies you missed topic for today, which you probably knew that if you looked at the title of the episode, but (laughs) (laughs) but we, we did want to do a fun episode to close out the year. And that's what we're going to do with this one. So you can curl up with your hot chocolate and your dog and your honey and your kids and watch white Christmas. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. Our one single thought is very simple, but it's because we couldn't think of anything better. So our one single thought is, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And I'm in Florida at the time that this episode airs, so I will not, hopefully not be having a white Christmas. But And I will be here in Louisville, Kentucky when this episode airs. And I'm also hoping we don't have a white Christmas because I want to be able to get into Beth Blackwell's house for Christmas. <laughs> Unlike last year when it was quite yeah. treacherous with the ice storm. All right, Rose, let's start with a summary of the movie. As many of you all may already know, the movie is pretty well known, but we're going to pretend like you don't know and give you a quick little summary in case you haven't seen it. So there are two characters, Bob Wallace and Phil Davis, and they both served in World War II in, in the Army. And after they left the Army, they teamed up to become a top song and dance act. Phil Davis plays the matchmaker and introduces Wallace to a pair of beautiful sisters, Betty and Judy Haynes, who also have a song and dance act. When Betty and Judy travel to a Vermont lodge to perform a Christmas show, 
Wallace and Davis follow, only to find their former commander, General Waverly, as the lodge owner. And a series of romantic mix-ups ensue. It becomes a comedy of errors as the performers try to help the general, which is the main, I feel like, the real main plot of mm-hmm. the story. Yes. So, Heather, why don't you tell us about who our main characters are for this movie? So, our main characters, and I'll just read through this little list here from imdb.com. <laughs> uh, Bing Crosby plays Bob Wallace, and Danny Kay plays Phil Davis. So, they are the the two lead guys. They are the musical act, the famous musical Wallace and Davis music act. And Rosemary Clooney plays Betty Haynes. Vera Ellen, the famous dancer, plays Judy Haynes, her sister. So those are the the four main characters there. The Major General Thomas Waverly is played by Dean Jagger. He's very handsome. Very handsome. Mary Wicks plays the housekeeper at the hotel. And she played in a lot of old TV shows and movies. And she's a very... um, she has very distinct features, so if you've seen her, you'll um, recognize, you'll recognize her for sure. And then the granddaughter, Susan Waverly, she's a teenager at the time, and her name is Ann Whitfield, is the actress that played Susan. So those are the main characters in the movie. Rose, was there one that stood out to you? Yes. My favorite character was Betty Haynes, played by Rosemary Clooney. First of all, Rosemary Clooney is Kentucky-born, and mm-hmm. so I have a special affinity to her for that reason. And I just loved her in this movie. She was kind of the logical head of the two sisters. Mm -hmm. She was the older of the two sisters. So she sort of played the mother hen part, which is a line from the movie. But I just liked her. I liked all her outfits. I liked, you know, obviously she's an amazing singer. She's just, I don't know. I was always enamored with her in this movie. And she just, I mean, she would be my... Definitely my choice for favorite character. So, Heather, what about you? What character stood out to you? I really think my favorite character was the general, General Waverly. Uh. Waverly. I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm, I just love veterans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love World War II. But it was, I just love his character and how he's very humble. But you could tell he was a good man and what they want to do to honor him. Um, and I love how he reacts at the end, at the end of the movie. You know what I loved was in the beginning of the movie when Wallace and Davis and the Haynes sisters get to the Vermont Inn that he owns. Mm-hmm. And he walks in. And I love how both Wallace and Davis reacted, just like they were back in the army. Like, the yeah. respect. Mm-hmm. I kind of miss that. Like, no, that's something I think that maybe isn't always the case to today. I don't know. But I loved that yeah. scene. Yeah, he, you could tell that he was well-loved and respected in, in the movie. So th- that's that's probably one reason why I, I really like his character. Um, and there's just some funny scenes with him, too. So that's it's nice. He's a straight man throughout the whole thing. But mm-hmm. he's, uh, he plays, it plays off really nicely. What was your favorite scene in the movie, Rose? Oh, my favorite scene is actually hanging in my bedroom, thanks to Heather. <laughs> My favorite scene is when Betty Haynes, has, she's left, she's upset, plot twist, she thinks that Bob Wallace is trying to, you know, use the general to make money, and she leaves and goes back to do her thing on her own, and 
she sings the song, Love, You Didn't Do Right By Me, dressed in this absolutely gorgeous black velvety looking gown. And let me just say, that is going to be my glorified body in heaven. <laughs> I have always said that. And I love that scene. I don't necessarily need the sparkly gloves she wears, but the black dress, that beautiful figure. Oh, it just gets me every time. So you I need to explain it. how it's hanging in your bedroom because that's kind of weird. That is a little weird. I don't have the dress <laughs> in my bedroom, but there is uh, a shop on Etsy called Designed by Shea, S-H-E-A. I'll try to link it in the show notes. And she draws different pictures from movies, classic movies. And because Heather knew that was like my all-time favorite scene, she had a drawing in her shop of Rosemary Clooney in that dress. The, the girl did, yeah. Yeah, the girl did. Mm-hmm. And so Heather got it for me, and I got a frame. Heather hung it up for me, and it just is everything. Every, every day you wake up, you can see your future uh, future glorified body that's right (laughs) it's a really cool shop i mean there's some other you know classic movie scenes in there that i want to get to go along with it in my collection add to my collection Mm -hmm. but i love that scene and the song is just bob wallace is in the in the audience Mm -hmm. and so she wanted to change the song she was like let's change it let's not do it like no 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 we're doing it and Obviously, she probably chose the song because of Bob Wallace, and then there he was. But it's just, I mean, the confidence she has, her look, everything about it is wonderful. It's it's definitely my favorite scene, which is odd because it's not really a Christmas scene, but yeah, it's my favorite scene. Really, the whole the whole uh, movie it really isn't about Christmas. No, not it really. It happens at Christmas, yes. but it really isn't about Christmas. True. Yeah. So, Heather, what was your favorite scene in the movie? There are two favorite scenes. One is sillier than the other. The The silly scene is, if, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, you're going to think I'm off my rocker. But there is a scene uh, when Bob and Phil, they go to watch the sisters do their act at this restaurant. This is towards the beginning of the movie. And there's a whole situation that happens that takes too long to explain so you need to watch the movie but basically the girls have to to leave in a hurry because the police are after them (laughs) and so bob and phil help them escape this restaurant like they have to jump out of a window and catch a taxi to run off because the, the sheriff is after them bob and phil have to create a diversion and so what they do is they dress up in the dresses that the sisters have left behind and then they lip sync to the sisters sisters song which is what the the girls sing in their act so bob and phil dress in the feathers and they they roll their pants up and they put the girls headdresses on and they have their big feather fans and they dance and act like they're the sisters and the audience is laughing and it's hilarious and part of it apparently was ad-libbed and the producer of the movie left it in because it was hilarious because they kind of fell apart and they didn't realize that they were going to keep it in the movie and they did the very end of that scene where um Bing Crosby breaks down laughing is from what I heard it was totally ad-libbed and they they left it in the movie so but that's that's the silly scene I love about the movie but probably my favorite scene is at the very end when 
they have the surprise ceremony for the general when he comes in at the end and oh it'll get you it's very powerful and it's kind of heartwarming it, and i i cry every time <laughs> i see that that ending i've seen the movie hundreds of times and i love that scene did you have a favorite song in the movie besides white christmas right everybody loves white christmas mm -hmm. if i were to eliminate the love you didn't do right by me because obviously I've already said it was my favorite scene. I would probably say my favorite song was snow. Hmm. They sing the song snow, snow, snow when they're on the train mm -hmm. on their way to Vermont. There's some lyrics in there that are a little weird. Like I'm going to wash my hair in snow. I'm going to eat <laughs> snow. And they don't say I'm going to eat snow, but I'll tell you what I like about it. When I was a kid and I watched this movie with my mom and dad, what I liked about that scene was how they made a snow scene with their white napkins mm -hmm. and their cup, their glasses, and they they made it look like a ski slope. I yeah. thought that was the coolest thing. And they had these little, they took these little pieces of greenery and they made it look like little trees. And I don't know, I guess I thought that was really cool. But mm -hmm. that's probably my favorite song because it has some good four-part harmony. And I like yeah. that. What about you? What's your... Uh, my favorite, favorite song, song is the sister song, which mm. I just, the sisters, sisters. And the reason it is, is because my sister and I love to sing that song to each other. We just think it's cheesy and we love singing yes. it just to be funny. And and your sister. And I always think of it. And I, so I got her a, I think I got her a sticker for her, for her birthday. We don't really exchange gifts because her birthdays happen around the same time of year. And so her last birthday, I mailed her a sticker. I found a sticker of the Haynes sister singing that. It was them in their blue dresses with a fancy. Uh, and it says, sister, sisters. So I sent her that. Nice. So Heather, we always do this with every movie. What are the spiritual aspects that we can glean from White Christmas? Well, like Three Guys Named Mike, which is the last movie we reviewed, it is a very lighthearted movie. There isn't a lot of super deep spiritual stuff in this movie, <laughs> but you can take a couple things away. So the ceremony for the general at the end where they put on this big surprise party for the general to honor him for his service and how he led his troops. The whole premise behind that is that Bob and Phil do it completely without pay they don't want to get paid for it they don't want to take any credit for it really they they go bob goes on tv and he says we're not making any money off this this is just for the general he wants all he asked for all the the troops to come to the lodge so they could recognize the general in this special way and so that whole theme about putting others before yourself humbling yourself for somebody else Especially someone that deserves your respect and honor in that way. That's a very special thing and something we can learn from in today's society where that's just not something you see a lot of anymore. Mm -hmm. That's um, true. So that's very, that's a very good lesson right there. How wouldn't you say that's kind of the whole, I mean, we have these subplots of romance and all mm -hmm. of that, but really that's kind of the whole movie. You start, because the movie starts with the scene. Mm-hmm in World War Two and kind of setting the stage of how Wallace and Davis became friends, but the general is in it. Mm -hmm. And then shortly thereafter, when they end up in his inn, like from that point on, really the sub, the plot is to do, is to help get him out of the hole. Yeah. When they were in the army, they were lower ranks mm -hmm. than the general. And so they, 
are now in a position where they're making money and they're, I guess from a civilian perspective, they rank higher than their general because, you know, they're rich, they're making money and he's an innkeeper essentially Mm -hmm. who is struggling financially because there's no snow. And so now they're able to give back to the man that they love so much. Very good lesson there Mm -hmm. with that. The other thing we can learn spiritually is not jumping to conclusions. How one bad rumor Mm. can totally mess up people's lives. The plot I hate so much in this movie, which I will get into that in just a second. But Rose, first I want to ask you, is there anything you didn't like about the movie before I go on my rant? (laughs) I did not like the very strange dance scene with Danny Kaye. Plate he was playing Phil Davis, so mm-hmm. he dressed like some kind of French artist in all black and a beret, and all of his dance team looked like moms <laughs> or something, and they were dancing all contortioned. And the song was choreography, and the song was kind of t- taking a stab at people who dance and call it something more fancy than dancing. I think they were making fun of the modern dance movement. Yes. I, I guess the reason I didn't like the scene yeah. was, what is the point? <laughs> like, that scene just got interjected in there. And I need to, like, watch it with commentary to see what is said about that scene, if anything. Because it didn't add to the plot. It didn't add. And obviously, there are a lot of dance scenes. There's lots of music in there. But that just seemed weird. Unless they were trying to make a <laughs> statement about the... 50s you know the dance movement like that was maybe it made more sense in the day of when Mm -hmm. it was actually made but when i watch it now i'm like can we just get past let's fast forward this part i just yeah it that just i don't know it seemed very out of place and i love danny k i think he's amazing yeah Uh, but i just didn't care for that scene i think a lot of those old musicals will put in these really long dance numbers for whatever reason just because it's a musical they have to put in those numbers yes Mm-hmm. Some of them are kind of kind of weird from the, today's perspective, for yes. sure. So, Heather, let's get back to <laughs> the other part of our spiritual aspect. And also, what did you not like about the movie? So, essentially, the whole second half of the movie, I do not like. <laughs> Even though I love this movie, which is really weird. I love this movie. I have to watch it every year. But I cannot stand the second half of it. I don't know what where that dichotomy is for me. I don't understand why I feel that way. But... What happens is the housekeeper is a busybody. Bob has decided he wants to put on this ceremony for the general, recognize the general, do a ceremony for him. It's a very special thing. So he's going to go on TV and promote it and ask all the troops to come in, all the soldiers come in for Christmas Eve, and we're going to do this for the general that we love. Very honorable. Well, he, he calls the TV station... And because the housekeeper is a busybody and nosy, she goes in and listens on the other line to hear what he's talking about. And of course, she only hears a little snippet of the conversation where this, the manager says, oh, well, let's get, we'll do this whole production. We'll make a big deal out of it. We'll make money. We'll, we'll really milk it. We'll make the general look like, you know, make it look like he's this wretched soul and we need to, we need to help him and all this stuff. So that's the part she hears. She doesn't hear Bob say, no, 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 we're not doing that. This is just for this. 
We're just, we don't want to make any money off of it. We want to just bring in these guys. That's all we're doing. So we'll just stick to the plan. But she doesn't hear that. She only hears <laughs> the other guy. And so she hangs up. She goes to Betty and tells her what she heard on the phone, which is not the plan. Right. So Betty couldn't believe it that Bob is actually a weasel. She's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, she's trying to take advantage of the general. And she doesn't even, Betty doesn't even, <laughs> I'm getting upset. <laughs> Betty doesn't even ask Bob what's going on. Like, she doesn't confront him about it. She doesn't ask her the truth. She didn't say what happened in this conversation. The whole time, she gives him the silent treatment and gets mad and storms off and slams doors. And the whole time, Bob has no idea what's going on, why she's mad. Well, then Betty ends up running off, breaking up the act, ruining the show (laughs) because she's mad. And all of that would not have happened if she would have just asked a question. (laughs) Exactly. And that drives me insane. I hate that that whole second half of the movie. And um, a lot of times I have to fast forward because I do like the movie, but I just, I don't understand. It just, oh, it just drives me crazy. That whole that whole part of the movie, and it's got. I mean, it's gossip. It's gossip, and to your point, to point back to the spiritual aspects. I mean, gossip is a sin. We shouldn't be gossiping, and we're you know the the housekeeper started. She was basically spreading rumors that really weren't mm-hmm. true, and caused the whole the whole half of the movie that Heather doesn't like, <laughs> <laughs> and it made Betty run off. Yeah, and it, and she didn't have to. She would have just stayed behind mm-hmm. and. Ask for the truth. And people would just communicate with each other. That's the problem. There's no communication happening here. No communication. And on top of the gossip, you had Phil and Judy stage that they're going to get married. Yes. Deception. Hopes, deception in hopes that, you know, that would allow Betty the freedom to marry Bob. And Bob even got on them like, why did you put on this act? That's stupid. Yeah. So that was, you know, another thing, deception. So it got you no, it gets you nowhere. Yeah, it just, but then I, then again, there wouldn't be a movie if that right, was taken that's out. True. But that's like, true. Come on, Betty, you know better. <laughs> <laughs> Put your ego aside and just talk to him. Okay. All right, let's rate this movie. We rate our movies with a one to five popcorn box rating. Five boxes is excellent, and one box is terrible. What is your rating, Rose? My rating is four popcorn boxes. I oh. think it's a great movie. You know, same like same as you, Heather. Usually watch it every year, but I can't give it five stars because I'm such a huge fan of Holiday Inn. So mm-hmm. White Christmas was made in 1955. Holiday Inn was made in 1942. And a lot of people say it's the same movie. It is not the same movie. White Christmas covers just a certain period of time. Holiday Inn covers like a whole year or more. And I love the fact that I love Fred Astaire. He and Bing Crosby are the two men in Holiday Inn. The movie is filled with Irving Berlin songs. Not just White Christmas, but Mm -hmm. Easter Parade and Be Careful, It's My Heart. and all. I I love almost every song in that movie. And that's really the movie where White Christmas was first sung and featured. And the White Christmas of 1954, the lodge is the same. Yes. It's the same set they mm-hmm. used for the lodge. 
Now, granted, Holiday Inn is an older movie in the 40s. It's black and white, but man, I love that movie. That movie is so... So, I can't... <laughs> I cannot t- bring myself to give White Christmas five popcorn boxes because it would then trump my beloved Holiday Inn. So, that's you my You can't reason. have two five-rated... Movies. Not movies that are that similar. Both yeah. Christmas, you know, technically they're both Christmas movies. They both feature White Christmas. I've actually had people say, Holiday Inn, well, isn't that the same movie? No, it is not the same movie. It is not <laughs> the same movie. So, Heather, what's your rating? I will give it a four just because I love the movie, but I hate the second plot, the second <laughs> half of the plot. So that is the only reason. But... The rest of the movie makes up for the part I don't like. So I, I'll give it a four. I think that's well. fair. Yeah. Yep. All right. We're dreaming of a white Christmas. Yes, That is we a are. review of the movie. Go check it out if you haven't watched it before. I hope we didn't ruin it for you. You have a few days before Christmas gets here. So go that's watch right. it. Yeah. I'm not sure where. I think it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Uh, I can put a link in the show notes of where you can watch it. But I think Netflix has it. Sling TV. It's on quite a few different mm. platforms. But if you have a Netflix ex- subscription, it's free. And what's our one random thought? Our one singing thought today is... I'm gonna wait till the midnight hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me set this up a little bit. In the movie, there's a scene where Rosemary Clooney can't sleep. And her sister tells her, why don't you go get something to eat? And so she goes into the lodge to get something to eat. And Bob is there playing the piano. And he pulls out these pre-prepared sandwiches that are, I guess, the staff, the cooking staff, the housekeeper, whoever, Mm -hmm. um, has them ready for just such a time as this. (laughs) And he pulls the, the plate out and begins to, like, tell her which sandwich to eat if she wants to dream a certain thing. Like, if you want to dream one thing you eat ham and cheese if you want to dream another you eat liverwurst well according to rosemary clooney that midnight snack scene Mm. when he shares his theory on what foods cause what dreams was almost entirely improvised well yeah and then the part where um the sister's sisters reprise where they were dancing and he laughs at the end yeah that was improvised as well yes i think there's probably some other things in there because i think bing crosby like to throw in lines like that yeah the old crooner yep well heather what's our ricky thought today well it is christmas but we're gonna rewind to thanksgiving because my one ricky thought is happy thanksgiving with auntie rose (laughs) (laughs) and the reason i say that is because rose finally got to meet ricky yay because she and Lindsay came over to my apartment for thanksgiving because we were all alone all yes. three of us. We, we were just, we were all alone. And so we were, we were all. But we had a great Thanksgiving. Yes, we had a great time. And it was really relaxed and been fun and silly. And Ricky was there. And Rose has not had an opportunity to meet him. So finally, she was able to come over and met Ricky. And Ricky was quite spooked by her because Rose is in a wheelchair. <laughs> Ricky doesn't know what to think of people who yes who are in um contraptions. Yes. But I think by the end he was sniffing you and Yeah. Happy to have you. He was rolling around on his back and Yes. He was a good spirit. And, 
Yeah. He got a little tense when he had to wear his little bow tie. <laughs> Heather put a bow tie on him. I put a bow occasion. tie on him just to make him fancy, and he was not having any of that. But it was anyway. fun. It was very, very fun. Yeah, Thanksgiving with Auntie Rose. That was, uh, that's what I have to share about Ricky today. And it's not a, not as too much of a Ricky centric thought, but. And do you want to share with the audience where Ricky is on the day that we air this podcast? Yeah. And so currently at the, the time of airing this podcast, Ricky and I will be in Florida. So. Made the trip again. Again. We're so hopefully everything is going well. Hello, Heather. Future Heather and future Ricky, I hope everything's going well. You'll probably have so, lots of Ricky thoughts for the new I'm year sure. from your trip. Yeah. I, would, I would hope so. All right, let's move on to our one single question. Our one single question today is our one single question for every movie she missed. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite line, Heather? I had two favorite lines. One is more serious, but kind of funny. When uh, Bob and Phil, they get to the lodge, they're looking over at the general and Bob says, he looks at the, he's just being very thoughtful and he says, we ate and then he ate, we slept and then he slept. And then Phil goes, yeah, then he woke up and nobody slept for 48 hours. <laughs> thinking of the general and the troops. That's pretty funny. And then my other favorite line is when Bob discovers Phil and Judy's plot to get married and everything falls apart. And so he, he, He's calling them out on it and like you shouldn't have tricked everybody to thinking you're going to get married. And he looks at Judy and he says, you ought to consider yourself plenty lucky. You might have been stuck with this Weirdsmobile for life. <laughs> That's a great word. Yeah. Weirdsmobile. Weirdsmobile. What about you? What was your favorite line? My favorite line was, of course, from Betty because I think I'm obsessed with Betty like I was mm-hmm. obsessed with Mike Jameson from Three Guys Named Mike. This is a scene where she's talking to Bob after the whole fiasco and she thinks that he's trying to use the general for Mm -hmm. gain. And she says to him, you shouldn't mix fairy tales with liverwurst and buttermilk, which Mm. is a callback to the midnight snack Mm -hmm. when she had a liverwurst sandwich and she was drinking buttermilk. And that's really when they had their first kiss. Uh The other part of that line is also foreshadowing because when she makes up with him at the end of the movie, she gives him a statue of a knight on a white horse in shiny armor. Mm-hmm. And that's her way of saying, yes, this is a fairy tale. and mm-hmm. Yes, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. <laughs> <laughs> and live happily ever after. That's right. As, as all old movies end in yes. a happily ever after. That's okay. We need to have those sometimes. We need those, because movies today do not end happily ever after, and that's depressing. Unless you're a Hallmark movie. All right, well, that ends our episode for today. Very light, fun, white Christmas review. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas with your loved ones. Yes. And we will be back next year. We are going to take a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. But we will be back on January 10th with some new content. We've got some stuff planned and we're pretty excited about it. So, Yeah, very exciting. We will tell you more about that later. So, until next time, don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. 
Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 